0: Our scripture this morning is from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 25 through 27. But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do do not know what we ought to pray for, But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people
1: in accordance with the will of God.
0: Well, we are about to start our sermon, and uh, this is going to be a kind of a team sermon. I've invited... Our uh, seminary intern, Jancy Schrader, to join me in this, in this sermon. We've, we've uh, both put our thoughts together and kind of woven it into a presentation. I want to make sure everyone can see angles. Can you see it? Good? Good. All right. Oh, we got it. we have to ask the camera. How's the camera doing? All right, we're getting thumbs up. Great. All right. Have you ever been speechless? Perhaps your, your fears of public speaking were materializing right before your eyes. You found yourself in front of a group and expected to speak, but you maybe moved your mouth and no sound came out. You were frozen like, like a deer in the headlights. Perhaps you've been in a conversation with someone, and someone says something so shocking that you have to catch your breath, and you don't really know how to respond to that. It might be a a piece of news that you hadn't heard yet, or it could be, I can't believe they said that. But you just don't have words to express when it comes to your turn to talk. And perhaps more seriously, maybe you found yourself speechless because you've been stunned by something unexpected. Perhaps some bad news that you weren't prepared to hear. It comes across like a punch in the gut that takes your breath away. You find yourself gasping for breath. There's no way that you can form words. And even if you could, you wouldn't know what words to say in response. In Romans chapter 8, human speechlessness is identified with the universal human condition of weakness. These are very human moments when we find ourselves unable to find the words to say. When it comes to prayer, sometimes we find ourselves without the words to speak. unable to form even the most basic words to express ourselves to God. The Apostle Paul reminds us that even though we may not have the words to say, that God meets us at a place deeper than our ability to form words. We don't have to have it all together ...in order to pray. In fact, we don't even have to have the words. The Holy Spirit... ...is holding us up... ...and praying for us... ...even then. In Romans 8... ...in our verses that we read... ...verses 25 through 27... ...but also through the whole passage... ...we see a number of references... ...to a Greek word that is translated... ...alternately either groan or sigh. The the phrase, the full phrase in the text is wordless groans. This is what the, the Spirit intercedes for us with. Wordless groans, or alternately in some translations it's translated sighs too deep for words. Sighing is something that human beings do when they are suffering, suffering in some way. It implies a longing to be free of an oppressive condition, a, and, and also a condition that, that isn't right. It's, you're experiencing something that is not meant to be that way. In God's perfect world, this is not meant to happen. In Romans 8, the Apostle Paul describes a three-layer groaning or sighing that takes place. It starts with all of creation. In verse 22, all creation groans in expectation, in anticipation, in longing for full regeneration. Because of the fall, the creation is not the way God created it to be. And the world itself, creation itself, longs for God's definitive restoring touch. All creation groans. But Christians, followers of Christ, also groan. We sigh. We are already a new creation in Christ. We already are in the regenerated future. And we we possess that by possessing God's Spirit. God's Spirit is with us. And yet, we as human beings are still subject to corruption. We are still subject to sin. And so we grieve. We lament. And we sigh. We sigh longing for full transformation. We long for what we know to be true about God's kingdom to come in all of its fullness so that suffering and sin and sorrow will be in the rearview mirror. And then finally, the third level is what we're focusing on in our study of prayer, and that is the creation sighs or groans for redemption. We as Christians, we sigh and groan, but we are not alone in our sighing The Holy Spirit sighs with us and in fact groans at a deeper level than ours. Paul is referring to times when we are unable to pray because of our weakness. We we don't know what to pray or how we ought to pray. So if you've ever felt paralyzed in prayer, felt like you're turning the key of the prayer ignition and nothing. Speechless. Paul reminds us that this does not end the prayer. The Spirit acts in our place and intercedes for us. You see, Jesus promised that the Spirit would be the paraclete, The helper who comes alongside us and this what paul is describing is one of the ways the spirit does that the spirit comes to help us in our weakness when we cannot pray to pray for us at a level deeper than we can even sense so the question is along with these size of the spirit when when do we become aware of those when are those times when we when those that's particularly meaningful to us this sense that underneath our prayers that god is actively engaging our need even without our ability to coherently put it all together into a well designed prayer to god to share our need so jancy share with me Kind of what that means for you. When when you hear about this text, about the intercession of the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit himself sighs with sighs too deep for words, when we find ourselves in need, what does that bring you to?
1: Thanks. Uh, When I read and hear these somewhat mysterious and wonderful verses, they begin to make sense to me in something that you mentioned in my own experiences of lament. Uh, Just a little story. Like for many of us, the year 2020 was a difficult one for me. Both my maternal grandparents um, and only surviving grandparents passed away within just a few months of each other. And my best friend of over 15 years uh, was in the process of ending our friendship in a really confusing and painful way. It was, uh, all the while, of course, the world was also confusing and painful. I, uh, fortunately, really, had not yet experienced this level of grief in my life up to this point. I was suffering, and I was really, really alone. So I spent a lot of time in prayer, in lament, really, begging, begging God to make sense of what was happening to give some kind of reprieve and to put me back together again. For much of this season, I was the person Paul is talking about in our scripture today that I did not know in my weakness how I ought to pray. I did not understand what God was doing, and I certainly did not enjoy it. But in reflection now, I also realized that... um, when I was out of words, my soul, the deepest parts of myself, were groaning and sighing and desperate for God to move. And really, my deepest longing, my true desire, was revealed in these moments. I wanted God to move, to act, to redeem brokenness and the suffering that I was experiencing and the world was experiencing. It was out of the depths of the darkness that I was in in this season, that I now can see (laughs) that they were also some of my most heroic moments of hope, holy and completely provided by the Holy Spirit. My body and mind were tired and far too weary to muster up any kind of gumption towards hope. But I felt in my heart yearning for God's salvation, and this was hope in the faithfulness and the promises of God. So I I think this might be something of what Paul is talking about here. Those times when our humanity is weak and the Holy Spirit in us remains strong, praise God, and then does the work on our behalf. God knows our inmost being. He knows what we need. He knows what we're trying to say. And the Holy Spirit is so good and so kind to intercede for us So that the will of God is worked out in us and around us. In seasons of grief and moments of lament, I think the Holy Spirit groans and sighs alongside us and on our behalf. And all of this to help usher in the will of God, which is always, always redemption and salvation. Um, I recently read a book about the Holy Spirit for homework. (laughs) I was told to. Um, It's by the theologian Clark Pinnock. And he says this about about the spirit. The spirit has been implementing God's purposes for creation from day one. And is committed to seeing to it that they issue in restoration. This is my favorite part. Creator spirit inspires hope for a world beyond the reach of humanity. In which God's power raises the dead. And makes everything new. So I think in Lament, this is what the Holy Spirit is doing for us. And did for me when I couldn't do it on my own. The Spirit inspired hope for a world where God's power actually could raise the dead. And make everything new.
0: Thanks, Jancy. You know, as I was thinking about this particular question of the the intercession of, of the Holy Spirit... When we don't have the words to say Uh, i was reminded of a conversation that that jancy you and i had a couple of weeks ago when when we were just talking about pastoral ministry you know you're in seminary you're at the beginning of of a call responding to a call to pastoral ministry i've been in this ministry and this calling for a number of years and um and i was sharing a little bit about some of the the journey and and especially some of the the challenging aspects of of being a pastor, just what happens in Christian congregations. I think of moments of when, when I'm offering pastoral care and yet in my own human weakness in particular settings, I, I don't have the words to say, um, nor does anyone else in the room. An accident has left someone paralyzed a newborn baby has died while sleeping. Someone is in the ICU without brain function on life support. On other occasions, being there when a spouse learns that their partner has been unfaithful. When parents discover that yes, it's true, their child is addicted to drugs. When an investment suddenly becomes worthless overnight. And when someone loses their job out of the blue. In each of these situations as a pastor, these are moments that are beyond words. In my human weakness, I don't have the words to say. What enables What God enables, though, in those moments is a ministry of presence. And that ministry of presence is none other than a a ministry of witnessing to the presence of God's Spirit, who is there, who is praying, who is holding everyone in that moment. And so simply to be there, to sit with people in silence, is, is a is a ministry that refers to the Holy Spirit's presence. Placing ourselves before God in the presence of the suffering. Representing the God of future promises who is there. The Son of God, Jesus, who identifies with us in our suffering and in our weakness because he's been there. And the Spirit who prays for us with sighs too deep for words. The second half of verse 27 reads this way. The Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. In Romans 8, intercessory prayer is presented as something that we aren't necessarily initiating when we start to speak. That the Spirit is already interceding for God's people, praying that the will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven. In this way, the Spirit is engaged in strategic prayer. Strategic in the sense that it's a strategy for the accomplishment of the will of God in the world. With particular needs in mind, longing with a particular goal of the kingdom, of God's reign. So, Jancy, we talked about this particular aspect of the Spirit's intercessory prayer, kind of this kind of sense of joining the Spirit's prayer that's already going. And, and you shared something from your, what I would say is very considerable experience uh, in ministry with Inner Varsity. So, share with us your understanding of the Spirit's intercessory prayer.
1: Absolutely. First, I have to say that, to me, it just feels amazing that the Holy Spirit intercedes for the saints. Like, we're being prayed for by other saints, but also by the Holy Spirit. That just, it kind of blows my mind a little bit. Um, and doing this, the Holy Spirit is helping us partner with the ushering in of the kingdom of God here and now, right now. So, like Pastor Kurt said, in University, which is the campus ministry I worked for previously... Intercessory prayer is something we actually talk about really often and are trained for. Um, and it's for this reason, because we know and believe that God's already at work, and we want to be a part of it. In the training, we learned and practiced first listening to the Spirit in community before we engaged in intercession. It might sound kind of complicated or odd, but really it was just as simple as asking God "How?" How should we pray? <laughs> and then seeing what comes to mind in community. In the context of university, intercessory prayer was always happening during a conference or an important meeting. Um, and as, as staff, we were also encouraged to have a small intercession team in the midst of our larger prayer team that was praying for us, um, who came together specifically in hopes of partnering with what the Holy Spirit was already doing. The big reason behind the intercession that we talk about so often was really just because we believed that the work of university wasn't universities. It was God's work. And if we didn't partner with God and what God was already doing, then what were we doing? So to put it plainly, like you've mentioned already, it was really part of our strategy. It was part of our strategy to see God's mission accomplished on specifically for us on our college campuses in our students and in our staff. I think this is what makes intercessory prayer different than other types, like petition, maybe, is that it is attempting to pray on behalf of others, often a group, really to provide protection and direction for that group. And we often used Moses and the Israelites as kind of an example when we would talk about intercession because Moses often represented the worries not only of him but of the Israelites as a, as a whole. And he stood between them and God, often ready to receive instruction from God for the Israelites and then to plead often to plead for mercy, right? Sometimes ask for something from the Israelites to God and Moses was that person in the middle. So, in our scripture, Paul tells us that this is why this is what the Holy Spirit's always up to, constantly interceding for all of God's people. Our desire for salvation, healing, goodness, justice, wisdom, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, is all being brought to the throne of God by the Holy Spirit. And then is accomplished from the throne of God through the Holy Spirit. We're all just partners and all of that, and I think we're invited to listen to that ongoing conversation and partner with it for the glory of God and the fulfillment of God's will.
0: I am inspired by that, Jancy, and it it links in that for me into where this congregation is in terms of its its ministry and where where we've been where we are and where god might have us go what god might have us do in the next chapter or the season of this church's life Um, the we went through a, a about a full year of strategic planning of doing a mission study and gathering people together and what came out of that was was just a a remarkable beautiful series of statements that expresses your faith in god that expresses your belief in the the god who is actively bringing salvation into this world and you want to share that good news with one another in christian community here in this place and you want to share that good news with your community and, and you want to, uh, to see that effort grow and, and bear fruit with changed lives, with people coming to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, as, as the, their source of hope, as their source of guidance, um, and to find a place of belonging in the church, this church. From the beginning of the process we've been we've been anchoring our conversations about strategy in prayer not just an opening prayer at the beginning of a gathering but spending time in in thoughtful contemplation about god's power at work in and through the ministries of this church the first uh, gathering that we, that we held that was talking specifically about one of the primary uh, activities that our mission study uh, is leading us into, uh, our discernment about where God is leading us, and that is to reach out to families in our community. And so we had an event that w- took place right here in the sanctuary. It was during the time when we were doing outreach to families in the community through our summer Bible camp program. And everything, the whole church was decorated for that program. And we talked about ways to reach out to families, but we also took some time for each individual person to, to go and walk through the facility, to look at bulletin boards, to look at the crafts that were all laid out in the fellowship hall, to see the evidence of children, of children's parents and inviting those who were gathered to just walk and pray. That was the most productive thing that we have done to move forward in mission at North Creek. We won't do anything more strategic than that. You can't. And so we'll continue to do that, that we met, we're meeting monthly. Y'all come. We're doing a monthly meetings and, and working, moving in this mission strategically. But we, this time, we were in the youth room, and we did something that has been very powerful. And, and those who are a part of our prayer team ministry here will know uh, what I'm talking about here, as well as youth ministry uh, participants. We, we actually used our, our youth ministry prayer wall. To write out cards where we put our own intercession, we put our longing, our prayerful longing for what we hoped God would do in the lives of children and parents in our community, and we offered that to the Lord. And we we all put it up on our prayer wall, which have, has these little uh, uh, these lines attached to the wall, and it's almost like it's almost like a, you know, remember when you used to put your laundry out on the the clothesline? It's like that. There's three clotheslines attached to the wall of the youth room. And they have little clips, little clothespin type things. And we, we place our intercession. We pray, place our prayer onto that. And we did that. And they're there right now. So anytime I invite all of you to walk to the youth room, which is in the very back of our facility, take your own prayer walk there and read those Prayers. And get a sense of the prayers of intercession that our congregation is praying that are just an expression of the prayers the Spirit is praying for us. That the will of God, that this world might know His love in Jesus Christ, that that be accomplished in this place, in this time. And in conclusion, let's consider the text from Romans eight twenty-six and 27. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. If you ever find yourselves unable to find the words to pray, be comforted be comforted to know that this momentary situation does not shut down the prayer operation. Remember, the Spirit is present and praying with power. Amen.